Good morning. Welcome to Ali and Pacero with James Ball. We're here to talk about the right things from the left coast. <laughs> Joining me today is Jim Pacero, Third Century Solutions and other dark money that we can't talk about, right? <laughs> and, and James Ball, former candidate for House District 36. 36. Um, I, what I wanted to talk about today, we have lots of things, of course, to talk about. My Purdue Boilermakers, and this all this all wraps around to something useful at the end. But my Purdue Boilermakers lost to Minnesota this week, and that's why I'm wearing is that, my. Is that the first game they've lost this season? No, second. Oh, okay, They're, we're 500, of course, <laughs> now, which is what we always are. I'm making jokes, but I've got I've got my ripped up Purdue hat on in mourning. Um, and if you if you look it up on the internet, there's lots and lots of controversy around the final couple of plays of that game that uh, my Boilermakers came down uh, through what appeared to be an interception. One of our players ripped it out of the guy's hands before he hit the ground, caught it before it landed. It looked like we had completed that pass. The Zebras came in and overruled that. Uh Two plays later, we throw to our tight end, running a post route, uh, clear, beautiful pass, catches it, touchdown, Purdue goes up, we're going to win the game, 45 seconds left, Zebra's call, offensive pass interference. Replay, 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 announcers are like, that's the worst call I have ever seen. There was no, that happens on every single pass play, every single play is like this. And I was thinking of it, I've always said this, and Purdue is, is a victim of this over and over and over again. You can't put yourself in a position to let the zebras, uh, determine the game. That's the bottom line. We missed a field goal in the first half that was a chip shot from 26 yards out. Uh, we had a guy fumble a pass in the end zone in the first half and, uh, did not get a touchdown and then tried the chip shot field goal and then missed the chip shot field goal. We didn't play a game to win the game and left it in the hands of the zebras. And you never do that. You can't do that. And, and the Purdue fans are going crazy. Ah, we were robbed. Purdue always gets robbed. The zebras robbed us. This is it most, this is a terrible thing, right? You know where I'm going with this, right? And that's exactly the way I look at the election is that if, if you're in an election and it's that close and you know in these blue states the cards, the zebras are going to be biased against you and they are, you know, Florida when Bush won, we had the zebras on our team, yeah. right? Yeah. They could have recounted Florida a thousand times. It still would have been 502 votes or whatever it was. The zebras weren't going to allow that one to happen. But on Facebook, Twitter, social media, my Republican friends are going crazy. It was stolen. It was robbed. You know, they're against us. And my view is, guys, look, you have to win these outright. We have to win them by thousands and thousands of votes. It, it, and it, it's, it just, it's very frustrating to me. And I'm, I'm enduring it with my Purdue friends right now. And when I say this, my Purdue friends say the same thing that my Republican friends do. Oh, Alan, we got robbed. You know we got robbed, <laughs> right? You play that game ten times, we win at nine. Well, not really, I don't think. But what are your observations about kind of what's going on with the with the vote and the count and that sort of thing? I think it needs to be over. I'm, I'm with you. I 
the it's close enough in these things i think that it the the lawsuits have merit in the sense that we need to go through the process and make sure that they're yeah. valid and make sure that there's no irregularities and this is what i've said probably on here before but when you have a state that has never done vote by mail before they put this system together during in 6 months during a pandemic and then expect everything to go completely smooth i mean the fact the forget about fraud just just people human error is such a a potential in this that i think it's okay yeah. to take an extra look to recount to go through the lawsuits and at the end of the day we're going to have a victor and i think that that victor is probably joe biden i think trump is probably fine to not concede at this point i think he's of course being trump and making a much bigger deal about it than he should but um i i i'm with you i think that yeah as republicans even as democrats you got to win convincingly and you, you it comes down to the wire like this it right. it means that you didn't run a good campaign and so, that your candidate was weak so you know using my analogy um when they were running the video replays and they ran video replays for five minutes to determine the outcome of this Jeff Brom, the Purdue coach, did not walk out onto the field and go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, just stop. It's okay. You know, let Minnesota have the ball. Right. Right? Yep. No. Jeff Brom's like, you SOB, you better get this right. I can't believe you. You, you better get He's screaming at the refs, right? Driving, 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 driving to the end. At the end of the game, the the score is produced down by three points or whatever it was, and it's a it's in the loss column for us. But I don't expect Jeff Brom to just go, oh yeah, you know that was fast interference, sure, you know. Yeah, and I don't. I'm not an attorney, so I can't tell you the the merits of any of these because it sounds like a lot of them are getting thrown out just because there's no merit to them, or the fact that they're contesting 200 votes when there was 6,000 on the other side, stuff like that. Um, so I can't, I can't get too deep into that, but let's just go through the process. We've yeah. got a final end date. Was it December 12th when the electors yeah. meet and they will, they will cast their votes. Everything will be sealed and delivered by that point. And then we're going to have a winner. Jimmy, and- you're awfully quiet. Well, yeah, cause I don't really agree with you, either one of you. Okay. Um, well, that's what we're here for. Let's talk about it. Well, in, in our lifetime, I, you, um, we have sort of three categories of presidential elections that we've been through, Alan. Uh, James, your lifetime's not as long as ours, but, <laughs> but there were close elections. 1960, 70, 68, 76, 2000, 2016. And then there were some landslides, 80, yeah. 84, 88, um, 92 and 96. You know, that was the era of the landslides. Um, this election is not in the category of the close elections that, um, you know, where Nixon lost to Kennedy in 60 by 100,000. It's not 1968 where Humphrey lost by 800,000. Wait, wait, now you're you're not going to let me. You want to talk? No, you're using the popular vote. (laughs) Well, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I can, I'll use both. Okay. Both. But first of all, in the 19th century, in the, in the 20th century, we never had an election where the popular vote winner didn't win the electoral college. It's only happened five times in the history of the country, and two of them have been in the last 20 years. So the popular vote does matter. Now it doesn't matter technically because we have an electoral college that picks, 
the president, but it does matter in, psychologically in terms of uh, governing. And we talk about that a lot in terms of wh- wh- whether Trump's tactics are going to uh, impede the Biden presidency. But this election, both in Electoral College and popular vote, is much closer to George W. Bush's reelection in 2004 and to uh, Barack, uh, Barack Obama's reelection in 2012, about four points in the popular vote and about 320 to 330, 310 electoral college votes. Now, when Donald Trump in 2016 won the electoral college but lost the popular vote, he called it and he got about the same amount of popular votes as Joe Biden. He said it was a huge, amazing, massive victory. And he said this over and over again. And so I don't Trump, th- Trump has never been one to exaggerate or hyperbolize. <laughs> well, never you know, in his entire presidency. We've got to come back and talk about this. Jim's on a roll. I want to get him in. This is Ali and Pacero uh, and James Wall. Today's podcast is brought to you by ProLift Garage Doors. ProLift is your one-stop shop for residential and small commercial garage doors from openers, springs, and rollers to full reinstalls. They offer same-day service on all garage door repairs with no extra charge for evenings or weekends. Serving the greater Portland metro area, call today and set up your free estimate at 503-558-6349 or at proliftdoors.com slash Portland. Again, that's 503-558-6349 or proliftdoors.com slash Portland. Welcome back to Ali and Pacero with James Ball. Jimmy's on a roll about how this election isn't as close as... Some of us would like to think. Right. And so, again, 310, 350 and whatever, 312, I think, I forget what he, what Biden's going to end up with, uh, is, is ex- exactly what Donald Trump got in 2016 when he said it was a, you know, a massive victory. And six million votes in the popular vote, a four percentage win is significant. And so, I think what the president, and then on top of that, we have the president. He said on Friday he won the election. He showed up in, at, a, at a press briefing at the White House and told the press, by the way, I won the election. He's also having state legislators, had state legislators fly in from Michigan to meet with him. Uh, and they, uh, before the vote is being certified on Monday, uh, two people, Liz Cheney of Wyoming, you know, I guess a deep stater said that the president should knock it off and let the process work. And and then uh, Mitt Romney said it was one of the most appalling things he'd seen a a president do in a democratic process. So the reason that this and then Rush Limbaugh said on the air on Friday, he said that Republicans have done such a poor job supporting Donald Trump that therefore Republicans should not come out and vote in Georgia and give those seats to the Democrats as a way to punish the Republican Party because they they have. They've been uh, they've stabbed Donald Trump in the back. Who has the Republicans? According like the, to Rush the, Limbaugh, the elected Republicans or the or the the elected the ele- Republicans, right? Really? And come on. That's Lin- what Rush Lindsey Graham. Limbaugh. Everybody was ki- that. Okay, come so, on, Rush. Okay. Like everybody was skeptical of Trump when he first got elected, right. and they all took got his back, except for Mitt and you know maybe a couple others. But Lindsey Graham was a huge. Uh, critic of president trump right. when he first started and he flipped everybody flipped i i don't just dis- i don't agree with that at all so so here's the thing there's forty five thousand votes in wisconsin arizona and georgia Forty five thousand mm-hmm. votes total that separate trump and 
Wisconsin, Arizona, and Georgia. Wisconsin, Arizona, and Georgia. If you flip Wisconsin, Arizona, and Georgia, you flip the election. So the election came down to 45,000 votes. And, And so what I'm saying is, that's close enough to do video review. In 2000, okay, and we're doing video re- review. Right. But in 2004, if you had flipped Ohio, which was close, George Bush might not have won that election, but he won it by four percentage points in the popular vote. And we right. said at the time that, you know, obviously the president had been reelected. Right. And those, and those never enders who kept talking about Ohio on and on. You know, it was just, I mean, I still have Democrats that go, remember what happened in Ohio in 2004. Well, so, so, I, so what do you think? I mean, what do you think Trump should do? Should he concede or should he, do you think he won the election? I mean, I, oh, I'm curious. Well, yes, he should concede. And, and, and second, I think that the populist movement that he invented is more interesting than his feelings, his hurt feelings right now <laughs> that he lost the popular vote by six million votes. And so, which he and his support, and what's interesting about the Republican Party is half the Republican Party and I'd say this is probably the college-educated ones. Uh, you know, say hey, Donald Trump lost the election, yeah. but we but we got to worry about the mob because the mob is really into politics right now, and they like they care about Donald Trump way more than they do about the democratic process. And I talked to several of those Trump voters right now, and they would give up democracy right now to have Donald Trump. Have well, a that's a problem. That and is that, a problem. That is, I, I, I. Honestly, don't care what side of the aisle you're on. If you will sacrifice the democratic process for your guy, uh, I'm not. I'm not with you. Well, I don't support that. Seven, See, it, left, right, or center. Right. And I come down. I, I think you are one. We live in Portland, and you're affected by the environment that you're in. Oh, you say that all the time. And no, I, and I think, I think that that's just, absolutely true. And I think because Jim, Georgia is. 49.51% for Biden and 49.25% right. for Trump. Uh, Wisconsin is. So you weren't saying this when, when, when Donald Trump won these states by the, by the same closeness in 2012. No, I, and, and 16, we went through and, the process, right? No, we didn't. Hillary conceded. Like within, well, within but that a day doesn't matter. That doesn't it matter. It matters a lot. I mean, because, no, it doesn't. Well, it matters to the people that support Donald Trump more than the democracy. Seventy percent of Republicans believe right now the election was stolen from them. I, I think. I think you're equivocating on this. This is, and you can, and you turn around and say that, that somehow because I live in Portland, Oregon, well, I do take publications outside of Oregon. I do have worked outside of Oregon. I do watch media. Outside so, of Oregon. So, you so think- I, I do talk to people on the phone outside of Oregon. So to call me sort of this provincial person who doesn't understand what's going on in the country, I have worked on a presidential campaign outside of Oregon. I have worked for two U.S. senators outside of Oregon. Okay, Jeff Brown. I- so you just say, call off the video <laughs> review. Yeah, we lost. Well, I think that to save the, we are going to win these two seats. The most important thing right now is not Donald Trump's feelings. It's these two seats in two- Georgia where we don't want a pack court, extra states, getting rid of the electoral college. All of these things are very simple to save. If Donald Trump isn't barricaded in the White House with a shotgun claiming the election was stolen at the time of the vote, you laugh. I agree. We're, no, we're I, only a few weeks away from that. I, I don't absolutely agree with you, but you, there is a divide here between Republicans and Donald Trump. 
And I think the three of us in this room would probably agree that those things are way more important than Donald Trump and his feelings. But to Donald Trump, Donald Trump cares about Donald Trump and his feelings take priority over the Republican establishment. And I think Trump would sacrifice packing the court and adding extra states and all yeah. those other things in order to retain the White House. And I think and the to thing win. is, is that you, you, you have to let the process play out. Yeah. Or people have legitimate claims that somehow it was short circuited. Mm-hmm. And, and so you want Michigan not to certify their vote tomorrow? No, Michigan is way different. Michigan is, but they're threatening one hundred and fifty thousand votes different. But he had the two state leaders flying on Friday. That's fine. I mean, that's fine. That's Jeff Brom screaming at the ref. the 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 thing is, there's three real states that that are in play: Arizona, Wisconsin, and Georgia. And Arizona, Wisconsin, and Georgia should go through the process. Georgia and, and and has been certified. Okay, well, Georgia got certified. Had, so. They had a hand count. I it's, they didn't it's even need to 13,000 votes. But in they Georgia. can't count. This it. is the so this is the theory, video but, review. But that theory, this is the zebras. But Donald Trump's still claiming he won Georgia. That that's theory, that's that, Jeff Brom screaming at the ref. Jeff Brom so, is still going to scream so, at the ref. So basically, you never want you like you never want to get crossways with the Trump supporters is what I'm hearing. No, you. I understand the point of view. Okay. Right? And I'm empathizing with the point of view. How about the and, people? How about the point of view that Liz Cheney has that the, the democratic process should be respected? Do you understand her point of view? I think so. Going through I the think, lawsuits I is think, going through the democratic process. Yeah, but yeah. no, but she's talking about flying Michigan members of the legislature into the White House to meet with him the day before the 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 business day before the votes are going to be certified. Republican state legislative leaders. I We've got to go to a break. We'll be right back. This is Ali and Pissarra with James Paul. The Portland Spirit is headed to the river. Hop on board today for great views of the Portland skyline and historic Milwaukee waterfront. See our local landmarks and bridges from a unique vantage point on the river. Grab a cocktail on our outer deck while enjoying some of our delicious local cuisine. Fun for the whole family with options including lunch, brunch, dinner, and the famous Heart of Portland cruise. Tickets can be purchased at portlandspirit.com. Okay, Jim was just skewering James. He <laughs> think we should be flying legislators in. That's a, that's a bad look. I mean, it's the the federal government getting involved in states' business, which, as a states' rights guy, I, you know, I'm not no. a fan of. Um, but again, this is Donald Trump. He is going to do what he does. He's he's a bit of a wild card. Uh, you know, whatever. I think you have to deal with it until December 12th when he's no longer, uh, the president. I, you know, those Senate seats in Georgia are, it's, it's so important that Mitch McConnell remains the Senate leader. I mean, it is, it is the ball game right now. I mean, I, I just got an email from Mitch McConnell this morning saying it's the only thing that matters. I'm sure. I, I believe that I'm about ready to get my, you know, my checkbook out. And he, you should. He wrote that himself, I'm sure. Well, was, the, but <laughs> no, but that's like, that's like saying, you know, in two years we might be able to go to a bowl game. In in my analogy, Me. and 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 that you should you should really is behave it, yourself because is, two years from now your recruiting class is going to be it's it's such Senate a, races are, it, are it's like such January. A, these votes it, are in January. To Donald 4th. Trump, it is such a bank shot. And what these, the Senate races or Donald are, Trump winning the White House? No, these are these states are close enough 
that you don't want your coach walking out onto the field and going, you know what, we've done video review for four minutes. I don't think it's going to work out my way. Let's just let's forget about it. Well, yeah, he's never not, mind. He's not releasing money for the transition on top of that. I mean, it's not just that he's and, asking for recounts. And again, in the case okay. of Georgia, it's been hand recounted. Okay. So, so Donald Trump isn't releasing money for the transition. And he's claiming once, that once the electorates are, are certified the, and he still isn't releasing money, right. I'll have a problem with right. it. Okay. Until then, I still see this as a contested election. And like I said, let's go through the process, the democratic process. Let's go through the courts. Let's so do the lawsuits. Let's make sure that everything is above board. And then on December 12th, we'll have an answer. And if, if there's still bad behavior from right. the president at that point, then I'll, I'll call flowel. And mm-hmm. until then, let's just go through with it. That's, that's my stance. So Richard Nixon, um, loses by a hundred thousand votes to Kennedy and has Illinois stolen. And he goes and meets with Herbert Hoover within a couple of days of the election and asks him what he, what he should do. And Herbert Hoover tells him not to contest because it yeah. would ruin his political future. I mean, do you think, uh, Donald Trump has, I mean, he has a whole movement. You guys, you think he has no, I don't no, think he cares. You don't think, don't he, think he cares. He, no, no. About his political future or his kids or, or his anybody kid. else. No. He cares about himself and what his hurt and, feelings. Yeah. That he didn't win the election. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that's, that is that's, the that, only our, thing on Trump's our, mind right now. That's is, our president right now. Yeah. Yes. The only yeah. thing on his mind is, is winning this election and, and, and everything else is a distant second. And he feels it from the standpoint that he absolutely believes maybe he is the only person that can defend the United States against the swamp. And the way he's going to do that is by trying to suppress turnout in the Georgia Senate races so that Democrats might have a chance to win those so that Democrats, so Republicans don't control the Senate. He's not thinking that far ahead. It's no. it's only about his well, election. Well, Mitch McConnell and, is thinking that far no, ahead. No, I understand so that. What, what and this th- is where they don't always see eye to what eye. What do you think Mitch McConnell's going to do in the next week? I, I think on Georgia the, and the best Trump- thing to do is let this play out to December 12th, yep. whatever. On December 12th, the electors meet. It's done. Now, Donald Trump wants the Republicans in these state legislators to pick electors different than the ones that would represent and, the and, winner and of, the po- of the vote in that th- state. That's, you have a problem working, with that? that's working the side coach. Do you have a problem with that's that? Working the z- never one hap- of the, uh, never really happened that's in American wor- history. You, excuse you know, me. Yeah. That's working one of the zebras and saying, <laughs> you got to get in there. You got to get in there. And you saw it. I know, Jim, you saw it the right way. You got to get in there and argue it for me. This is how you lose, well, see, your, this, this this is how you lose your democracy, though. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And yep. I think you're, Alan, I think you're being a little light about it. But I would say each state has different rules about faithless electors and legislators doing legislating mm-hmm. things. I don't know all the rules in all of right. the, the swing states. Nobody does. No. I mean, I'm sure the lawyers do, but I don't. Mm-hmm. So, but there are laws and there are rules in place for a reason. And stay within the guardrails of those laws. If the laws are not strict enough or they're too strict, then change the laws. But if, if as long as everyone is staying within the guardrails of the law, um, I don't know that I have a huge well, problem I guess, with so that. I don't think Mitt Romney feels that way. Of course, he's a rhino. So whatever mm. Mitt Romney says doesn't, I've been, right. I've been doesn't that. matter. Right. I've been but called that. We've all been called else, that. It's, someone else in this room called me that. We've all been called that. <laughs> so... And, and the problem is, was no, that was, that was the other guy. It wasn't you. No, it was, was no, that's right. You, you were being called a rhino along beside me. That's right. It wasn't is, you calling me. It's very similar to, to, uh, what happens at like the Republican National Convention where 
we're now exploring corner cases of how our electors picked, faithless electors, that sort of thing. And it does appear that basically your state legislatures have the ability to determine how they want electors mm-hmm. selected. And uh, the penalties for a faithless elector, I, I'd say generally speaking, are not very severe. And in, and in some places, your vote is nullified and they pick someone else. So you, you it, really can't be a faceless in, elector. In some places, but it's not sort of the majority. In right. some places, it's a $1,000 okay. fine. But but, just, let, but the bottom line is there is a process, let, Jim. Let's just flip the scenario then. Okay, let's just go. Let's go with what you say. Donald Trump got screwed out of this election and we need to go through the process. I don't think anybody's okay. saying that. Oh, well, well, he is. And also he's he's like 0 for 22 in lawsuits and got lectured by a judge. That this was like the Frankenstein of all lawsuits, like clumsily stitched well, together. So this is Rudy, Rudy Giuliani is making is, is, is ruining his reputation and he was a was a, a, a good mayor. But let's just go with Donald Trump got, you know, six million votes were, you know, kind of – don't really matter and donald trump overturns the election well, so you're, and, and you're well, talking let, about- let, 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 let me finish let's <laughs> so so donald trump wins a second term well what's the country going to look like then and this is why nixon why hoover told nixon not to challenge kennedy i agree so what what do we see in donald trump's second term let's let's just play the fantasy out i mean how, how's that going to work I don't think that's the point. I, no. Uh, okay. No, well, but the, but, I'm the, never, but that's Donald Trump's point. Come on, he wants that second term, and Pompeo said it. There'll be a Donald Trump second term, and Donald Trump said on Friday at the White House, "Hey, I won the election." So all of this stuff works, and he's president. How, how how's the country handle that? How does it work? Uh, well, Antifa burns down Portland for one thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. There's yeah. There's gonna be over lots. There's unrest. There's riots. There's gonna be Trump's gonna come in with a with a heavy boot to put it all down mm-hmm. um it's it's going to be a disaster if if trump ends up pulling this off okay well disaster in portland yes and right. probably other major cities i would say i don't know yeah because you see so you like seattle you, know, you live in portland you don't know anything outside i'll, of I'll bet you seattle burns down too uh I'll bet you there's a lot going on in New York. No, Seattle has, do, has we, shown me Alan, that they're want, a little more reasonable Alan, do, you, do you want donald trump to have a second term at this point yes Okay, so you think more so than more so than Biden and Harris? Okay, so absolutely. Do you think think the election was stolen from him? No. Okay. No, I I, think there's a process that will determine the outcome of the election, right? And that's what I want to have happen: is is go through the process, go through the lawsuits, go through the electors, let all the lobbying happen, let all this let all this come down, and in the end. There is an outcome to what's, the election. What's going to happen is that Michigan is going to be certified for Joe Biden on Monday. Trump is going to pout. I, I don't think McConnell will move during Thanksgiving. But the week after, Mitch McConnell is going to move on this. And he's going to, and he's going to, he's going to get with Nancy Pelosi and they're going to release the funds for the transition. And there's going to be a group of senators who will attempt to meet with the president to get him to concede. And because these Georgia Senate races are coming, besides besides the fact that it's the right thing for the country, it's also these Georgia Senate races are coming. And right well, now, Mitch McConnell's interest is much greater in keeping the Senate in Republican hands than worrying about President Trump's feelings. The editorial note, you now sound like some of the oh, no. legacy media. Okay, so, so no, wait a minute. Says, somehow, wait, 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 somehow wait, wait, wait. I got out of Portland. No, no. And, I, and I now I sound like national media no, types. no. <laughs> That when you say it's the right thing for the country. It is the right thing for the country. Okay. That's your opinion. Well, uh, 
Well, first of all, six million votes. We've never had a situation. Okay. okay the popular vote in your mind doesn't matter, but Grover, it doesn't matter Grover, at Grover all. Cleveland. It has zero matter. And the, and the oh. fact that you bring Grover it up Cleveland. and talk about it, it Grover. is not, that is not the architecture Grover. of the system. Right. It absolutely doesn't matter. So Grover Cleveland is president. In fact, when they started, <laughs> I don't know that anybody could even total the popular vote. Grover, Grover Cleveland, yeah, well, they, you know, if actually, if you look at, it would have taken forever. Well, actually, if you look at presidential elections all in Wikipedia, all the way back to the first one in 1789, they have popular vote counts. Okay. Well, you for can't, every you can't election. Do it. You can't ar- do it between November 3rd and January 20th, not in 1780. They had guys on ponies well, I, they, they, carrying ballots. They had, yes, they had, they, in, they had ballots. Yeah. So, so the, in, in 1892, 84, Grover Cleveland is the president and Grover Cleveland runs for reelection and he, loses it wins the popular vote but loses the election and he has the grace to leave the office can you imagine being sitting president win the popular vote and lose because it is like as you say our system he leaves and then four years later runs again and wins which um in in this case i mean for donald trump to have i mean the the good news is this election really wasn't close because if it was close if it was really down to one state like it was in florida when in 2000 when we were actually talking about a few hundred votes i mean donald trump would never leave under those circumstances no i would actually argue that it's closer oh no oh, because there's oh. more states there's more states that are 50-50 you didn't you, you had there, none of this attitude in 2016 no, did this, you want the, hillary to just not concede for a month no i don't care I really don't so care whether care, they can. You only care when the Republican loses. You don't, I don't care when care the Demo- when, Democrat. I don't care either well, it's way. It's part of our. It's I, part of our democratic. You know, there, there are rules. There are constitutional rules, and then there are norms and and, and procedures that you do on a handshake in a democracy and customs you follow. So therefore, you don't care if Donald Trump uh, rides in the limousine to, to to the to the to the inauguration with President Biden, uh, President elect Biden. You don't care no, if that happens. He won't. Everybody has always done that. Yeah, you don't, and he won't. And he won't go to the inauguration. No. So you don't care about the peaceful transfer of power. That doesn't mean anything to no, you. No, this is – Well, wait, is, wait till we don't have it. You're putting, putting words in his there's mouth. There's a process yeah. – no, and I don't care if Donald Trump rides in the limousine with Joe Biden. Jo- Donald Trump probably won't go to the inauguration. What's he going to go play golf? Probably. Or, or have his own little rally. Yeah. He probably will. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not kidding. Why? Well, I, I think this is the point that this Alan's is exactly made. why he wasn't reelected yeah. because of this temperament. It's exactly why he was elected the first time. Yeah, the popular vote in a presidential election. Going back to the football analogy, I think Alan's made this a couple times. Is kind of like determining a football game by yards gained. Like you can outgain right. your impo- opponent two to one, but if you don't score touchdowns. It doesn't matter. You still lose the game. And so complaining that we played a better game, we gained a whole bunch of yards. Except it doesn't matter. Except that Joe Biden also beat him in an electoral college count, which oh, is I, very, I, it, 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 is the, it is the combination that matters. He won the election in the electoral college count and, that's what's, he, that's, and he won six million more votes. So, but that's the electoral college is what's up for debate. And that's what we're discussing is right. whether or not that is that Joe Biden did win. I think he probably did. The, the on balance is. You know, 99% Biden won this thing. But if Trump wants to hold on to that 1% and wait until the electors are counted, fine. 
Let's do it. It's all going to be over on December 12th. Like I said, if on December 13th, after the electors have been, have met and certified the election and Trump is still acting like this, I will, I will call foul at that point. But until then, they're still counting votes. They're still going through lawsuits. They're so still got, doing recounts. They're def- still certifying votes. You now have like a dozen Republican senators who come out and said that Biden won the election. Are they premature in your mind? Is Pat Toomey? They can say whatever Susan, they want. But, 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 this you, is, this but do you the, think, do you think they're being premature? No, this, this is the beauty of democracy. It doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what Trump says. It's what it matters. Ha- what it, it matters. What Mitch McConnell says. No, but why? No, it doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah. It, he doesn't impact who wins. Well, the, the Congress Look, controls the money. And, what are we? And, Fifteen days from yeah, the twelfth no, or something like that. Something like that. Days. Yeah. Okay. Right. So we'll why? Just, why? Why? Why do you make such a big fuss? Because why, I spend a lot of time. No, with, no, no. But why? Why isn't everybody um, saying? We've got to follow the process. Because I spend a lot of time talking to Trump supporters who aren't college graduates, and they tell me specifically that it's, they would – they tell me that I, I get rid of the democracy. The democracy sucks. There's no reason to have it. What I want is Donald Trump. And, they, and, 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 they, and they're dead serious about it, and there's lots of them. So I don't agree with that. Right. Correct. Right? And, and I believe in our system. They and, don't. Uh, I understand that, but why is it that that the elected officials don't just say, including Mitch McConnell, look, the Senate race in Georgia is incredibly important. It's also incredibly important that we get the right call, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we have a process to get the right call, and let's work through the process, and let's get the call right. Thank and you. once the call's right... Then you have the moral high ground to do whatever you want. You can, you can run around the president. You can appropriate funds. You can do whatever you want mm-hmm. on the 12th. And I, I don't understand why, because, why would you, because it, this is an incredibly close electoral election with 10 or 15,000 votes in three major well, states. Well, we live in the age of the internet. We have Donald Trump having brought millions of people into the process for the first time. I, I hear from Trump voters all the time. I never, I, I, one of them I know well tells me I never voted before. I've only voted. I've only made two votes in my life. Trump yeah. and Trump. I would never vote. He goes, I hate legalizing drugs, but I didn't vote on it because it's all part of the system. The system is corrupt. The only thing I stand is, is, is trust and tr- trust is Trump. And so we have all these voters who've come into the process for the first time. We hope that they are a constructive addition to the process going forward. And it well, is up to believe, Donald Trump. So if they don't believe in democracy <laughs> and they don't believe in the process, then they are not contributing. They are detracting from the process. You think that? Well, they would, they would say that you're a fancy college boy. That's you know, fine. With, maybe with three terms of service in the U.S. Army, but, but they would say you're a college swell. You're part of the, you're part of the elite who doesn't, you know, who's been out to screw them forever. They can think that like there are communists who think that we should be a communist state. That doesn't mean we should pander to them. There are literal Nazis in the United States who wear swastikas no, on their cabinet. You shouldn't pander to them but either. There, but Trump brought, if you're wrong, you should not be pandered to. Trump bought, brought voters into the process, in, in new voters into the process in such large numbers. And, you know, John Kasich made a good point. He's like, because he was on CNN and they were asking him to condemn, condemn Trump. And he said, well, why don't we, why don't we actually Try to figure out why the working class despises the college class as much as it does in America. I think it's a separate issue, though. That's that's well, not really are, a Trump. Why election. is that a separate? Why is that? A, no, well, I I think that the, there's a pretty strong correlation between the working class who have been brought into 
the Trump movement and how much they wanted the establishment to get kicked in the ass. Yeah, because I think yeah. they believe that the establishment hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. They do. Right? And I, I think you you do. said something that I don't even think you realized that you said it. You said, we'll see if they would be, if they're going to be a productive addition right. or something right. like that. Yeah, I spent a lot of time talking. I spent a lot. I spent a lot of time talking. I'm not being condescending. I spent a lot of time talking to them, and they're telling me right now, I don't know whether I'll participate again. Right. I don't know what I'll do if if Donald Trump is then has this election stolen. If if their stance is that democracy doesn't work and we need an authoritarian to come in and lay down the law, with any Trump, an authoritarian Trump to lay down the law, then I am happy with them not voting. Well. I'm fine with if someone held if someone holds that view that democracy doesn't work and we should throw it out out the window. I I don't want them voting. Well, a lot of people a lot of people who voted for Trump hold that view. Seventy percent of Republicans, according to some polls, I'm not sure I believe this one, think the election was stolen. I disagree with that. I believe in the system. A lot of Purdue fans believe that game was stolen, and <laughs> they're not going to give up. This is Ali and Pissero with James Ball. We'll be right back after game the break. Game was stolen. Welcome back to Ali and Pacero with James Ball. We're talking about the election um, that it actually still in some minds is continuing as uh, as as ballots roll in, so to speak. There was a press conference that Rudy Giuliani gave, and it was universally panned in the legacy media, unhinged what were the what were the quotes what, what, that is, the, what does the legacy media mean it's the mainstream it the, deep state the media? old the old deep the old, state media okay, yeah the old the old media so media 1.0 now the wall street journal was turned on the president so are they part of the legacy media i handed i walked uh, they're teetering on the edge i think i, I walked That's in, for sure i walked uh, my contractor walked in my house uh and he said to me no more wall street journal for you it's a it's a it's a union <laughs> paper and he said, turn off Fox News. It's liberal trash. And 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 then he said, Rush on the edge. Rush is a little what squishy. What does he listen to? Uh, 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 one American Network. Oh. O-A-N. That one. Yeah. Trump. Trump's network. Yeah. He loves it. I've seen some of those press conferences where the whole media, the entire press corps will be throwing jabs at Trump. And then OAN will come on and be like, Thank you so much for being the best president in the history of presidencies. Oh, and can you tell us, you know, the, why why you love kittens? And <laughs> oh, you mean like CNN to any Democrat? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. What? What? Where do you find this? Oh, OAN. It, do, you, do you know what number? It I've is never watched the, them. Yeah. I've, never, I've never watched them, but I've seen that they have a, a person in the press corps at the, yeah. at the White House. The White House. So, but this is an example. The the um. All the memes of his hair dye rolling down his face. Oh, you mean uh, with Giuliani? Giuliani's unhinged. Giuliani's lost his mind, right? I watched the whole freaking thing. Yeah. It wasn't that bad. Okay. I mean, he is defending the president. He's going through. He talks about the lawsuits that they have, affidavits of voter fraud mm. and this kind of stuff. He's the, he's the president's attorney. That's his job is to yes, defend the president. Yes, and he's not un- – yes, he got – sweaty and yes his hair <laughs> melted right and it got on his shirt and it was really kind of gross <laughs> right <laughs> yes absolutely, absolutely happened poor guy he was a great mayor yeah right yeah 
So, but that wasn't it. It actually was pretty straightforward, mm-hmm. factual. Um, now the then the gal came up. What's her name? Uh, not Stacy. No, the other one. Oh, Cindy. Cindy Powell. What's her Cindy? Powell. No, I don't know. Anyway, one of the female attorneys came up. And she was a little aluminum foil wrapped around your head. That might be that Cynthia Powell or whatever her name is. And she did it in an incredibly professional way. It was this, it was discordant because she looks very professional and she's speaking. And it's like, you're kind of out on, you're, you're on Pluto. These are the people they run like on Saturday night on Fox News. I guess so. But she was, and that was kind of. Yeah. That was kind of discordant. <clears throat> what you know, Rudy's sort of playing the piano, and he turns it over to her, and she's smashing cymbals. <laughs> <laughs> but it was uh, it was not nearly as bad. Yeah. And this is another I didn't, example. I didn't watch it. So. I didn't watch it either. <laughs> I just saw the I legacy saw, yeah. media of clips. Saw the photos of the right. head eye. Yeah, Don Lemon told me about it. Right. Yes. And, 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 when, and this is what drives you crazy, right. is that- it is, and it, frankly, it's amazing that Donald Trump, that this election was even close, because the entire media takes whatever whatever he says or whatever a Republican says and casts the worst possible light they can on it. And I'm not an aluminum foil guy. I mean, I guess I say this often <laughs> enough that maybe I am an You're aluminum foil there. guy. <laughs> I am. I am definitely getting there. <laughs> I'm typically not an aluminum foil guy, but they're making me, they're making me crazy. I'm screaming at things. I'm watching this whole press conference. It's an hour and a half long and I'm like, gunk, gunk. And it's like, I'm wasting an hour and a half of my life to find the horrible transgression that Rudy Giuliani did. And then it's like, oh yeah, yep. You can see his hair is melting. Boy, that's horrible. He's, he is a terrible person for dyeing his hair. He's terrible. I I like I Rudy. Know. I mean, you know, I'm I'm I I think it's interesting that uh, the legacy media now includes the Wall Street Journal. It's just like whoa, okay. Well, I still read the Wall Street yeah. Journal. It's the only one I have. I go through the paywall yeah. for. Yeah, the New York Times. I can't. I can't give them money. Well, I. It's hard to. It's hard to. Um, and James, I'm sure you feel the same way. I mean, it's really hard. To, Right now to read media when they've, when they've, um, never had any business experience. Oh. Because, mm. because it's, 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 it's a friend of mine asked me, he goes, is, you know, do, do you like PBS? And I said, well, I do watch the PBS news hour. I said, he goes, well, is that pretty neutral? And I go, well, it's as neutral as anything from the left can be. Mm-hmm. But it's so obvious <laughs> when they report the news that none of them have ever had any business experience. And that it just is, uh, makes it very hard since half the country is works in business. And they would like people to cover the country to actually know something once in a while. Yeah, it's kind of too bad that that's what the media has become. Somebody, I read something somewhere, it made a really interesting point. It's like the media has stopped reporting on events Mm -hmm. and has started trying to influence events. And that's a problem. Left or right, that's a problem. I get most of my news from, uh, from Reddit. <laughs> yeah. So they'll, they'll post an article and, you know, you, you kind of glance at the article, read the headline, read a little bit of the article, and then you go in the comments and you like the, 
the real insight is in the comments because you will get people who agree, people who disagree. You get all sides and, you know, Reddit's a pretty left leaning platform. You get a lot more liberals than conservatives. And so you get a lot more left leaning views than right, but you do get both. And I, I feel like that that is a, that's, that's the way that, that news has gone. I mean, Facebook, Facebook is sort of similar, but you don't have a voting system. And so you just have everybody's comments. And so you get a lot of, a lot of nonsense. Whereas, something reddit where you can upvote or downvote no i use legacy media to sort of peruse and then i do read the wall street journal and then i go look for source documentation and watch a lot of source videos and this is so it's it's maddening it's maddening that you have to go to source videos you can't trust the media to report that's that's what makes me crazy so the wall street journal endorsed the you know the two two the two crimes that that trump has you know, so well defined, even though he doesn't always articulate them or ever articulate them is, you know, TARP, the bailout in 2008, 2009 of the banks and the Wall Street Journal supported that. And the second Gulf War, which Trump has done a, ma- a marvelous job of, of really changing the direction of the Republican party and in, in attitudes towards these kind of uh, uh, adventures. And the Wall Street Journal supported that. So when, a contractor or other people who love Donald Trump, you know, it's like, hey, on these big issues, the, the you know, the, the, the established re- Republican side was in on the con, you know, and they were they were as swampy as anybody. And I, I've said this before. If you look at Trump and his policies, his policies were not bad for the mm-hmm. most part. There were some I, sometimes I disagreed with his methods, but his results were were pretty good. It's the rhetoric and the fact that he right. just can't never made any effort to reach out across the aisle that, you know, it, 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 he is, he has divided this nation more than anyone. He, he took a, uh, for example of an accomplishment, he took a, an Iran, uh, peace agreement that probably at the time that he tore it up probably had about 60% favorability to it and tore it up with nobody wanting him to do that basically. And now probably 60 or 70% of the country would say, right. oh, it was a bad deal. You right. know, the president was right to do that. Mm-hmm. On the climate change, that's more problematic. Um, but well, so here's the thing is the, the climate change, but know, there was some, time, there was some validity we're out of to time. Okay. Let's come back and talk about climate change. That's always a great topic. This is Allie and Pissero. Today's podcast is brought to you by ProLift Garage Doors. ProLift is your one-stop shop for residential and small commercial garage doors from openers, springs and rollers to full reinstalls. They offer same-day service and all garage door repairs with no extra charge for evenings or weekends. Serving the greater Portland metro area, call today and set up your free estimate at 503-558-6349 or at proliftdoors.com slash Portland. Again, that's 503-558-6349 or proliftdoors.com slash Portland. Welcome back to Ali and Pissero. Uh, amazingly enough, we're going to talk about Donald Trump and climate change, <laughs> which which sounds like an oxymoron, right? Well, so my so my point, we're talking about the Paris Climate Agreement, and so I didn't prep for this, and so my, my details might be a bit off, but the climate, the Paris Climate Agreement was non-binding. There were no teeth to that agreement. It was just a bunch of people saying, "Yes, this is what we want to do, and these are the the goals we're gonna we're gonna aim for," and blah blah blah. Trump pulls us out. 
And I don't believe any country has met the goals that they set out to go to, to meet. I don't think China's done it. I don't think Canada's done it. I don't think anybody in Europe. And that might have changed since COVID because COVID has kind of made everybody slow down on your, on their emissions. But I don't think any, I don't think any country or maybe a few met that agreement. So it's like, what are we even doing if we're going to have an agreement that's non-binding and that 90 to 95% of the people didn't even make an make an effort to reach the goals that they said they were going to go. I mean, that's that's just a waste of everybody's See, time. See, they would have met the goals had we not pulled out, uh, <laughs> right? Because we are the shining light right. leader of the rest of the world. And once we pull out, it's sort of like the the kid in the in the classroom that acts up that everybody looks at. And you know what? Our our emissions <clears throat> have decreased since then. And this is and, and I, again, my details might be off, but I'm pretty sure the U.S. emissions have decreased since that was signed or was pulled out partially because of COVID partially because that's just the way things are going. We're moving right. <laughs> toward a more electric, more green, everything. We like, are. Society is moving in that direction anyway, without the government sticking I've, their fingers I, in it. I've said this. I'm on a, I'm on a board with two very senior engineering executives from General Motors and Ford. And they both said they've stopped development of internal combustion engines. Yeah. So it's all this histrionics around, automobiles are releasing all this co2 and everything else it's like guess what gm and ford stopped there aren't any more developments of internal combustion engines coming out of general motors and ford guess what england just said after 2030 i think it is now no more sales of internal combustion engines mercedes-benz audi have both said no internal combustion engine development so it's over guys it's we're not gonna do it now we're still going to produce oil. Oil's still going to go for things like long haul trucks and diesel fuel and aircraft fuel. We're still going to do all those things. Battery technology is advancing faster than anybody had predicted because we're now in the manufacturing point where manufacturing muscle is just driving the heck out of cost. That problem is done. It, it's yeah. over. And we now can't. what we're going to be faced with is CO2 is going to plummet. And we're still going to have climate change. And yeah. then it's like, okay, now what do we do? And the other point I was going to make is you can't just flip a switch and turn off all that infrastructure. You know, all of the vehicles that are currently on the road, all of the gas stations, right. all of the, all of the everything that has gone to produce, uh, to allow us to be, to move uh, quickly and easily across the country. Well, and, and this is where it's very it's regressive because yeah. gasoline prices have plummeted. If, you don't artificially mess with them. They will continue to drop because consumption is dropping, which makes it very economical for individuals to have cars and drive them. It's going to be, it, it already is and will become an even greater, least expensive mode of transportation. So th- the only thing you can do is jack up the energy prices, which is massively regressive on people. I, I, this is done. This this is just over, and it's all solved. You can look out 20 years. We've got an electrical grid. Yep. We've got battery technology that allows you to store it at your house. We've got electric vehicles that have overwhelmed the system. China's going electric. They're not They're not producing a lot of uh, – I mean, right now they are, but in the future they won't 20 be. 20 years now, yeah. Uh, China's gone nu- nuclear. They were coal. They've gone nuclear. That's zero CO two emissions. Not Oregon though. Oregon, we're, we're going to no. be we're going to be burning fossil fuels and churning up the uh, 
churning up the salmon in our hydro because <laughs> nuclear is not legal in Oregon. Yeah, I think in Oregon, um, once we get grid scale storage, battery storage, whether it's whether it's at the source where you're producing it or it's at your home, it doesn't really matter. Um, renewables become eminently usable because renewables are um, they only produce energy when the sun shines or when the wind blows. But if you have batteries, it doesn't really matter. That's a lot of batteries, though. I, I still think nuclear is a safer, cheaper, greener way to produce those and that I think electricity. You'll, you'll, have, you'll have nuclear as well. But it, it's, yeah. it's, not, it's not like this insurmountable. It's not like, right. oh, my God, we're emitting CO2. What are we going to do? Wouldn't it be cool if somebody invented this panel that you could, like, hold up to the sunshine? <laughs> and when sunlight landed on it, electrons came out the other side. And wouldn't it be cool if you had, like, these boxes that you could store the electrons in and save them for later? When you actually need it, wouldn't that be really cool? Oh man, that is so far that no way. Not only does it exist today, but the price is being driven down like crazy. This is well, semiconductor technology. This stuff, it's, it's like a complete no brainer. I mean, there's, but they're going to cling to it because it's a wedge issue. This is, this is, it's issue with batteries is their production. The rare earth metals, you have to strip mine to pull them all out. And it's fine at a small scale. As you get, if you're going to have a battery grid throughout the entire country, throughout the world, the number of batteries you're going to have to produce and the amount of rare earth metals you're going to have to pull out of the ground, the slave labor that is going on to pull those out, the, the destruction to the environment in places that do not have really good, uh, environmental controls in Africa or India yep. or wherever those, I mean, there are other problems with, with batteries. And I think nuclear is a much better solution. So we, we said that about just about any new technology that, um, back in the day, uh, printed circuit boards had a lot of gold in them, for example. And over time, we've reduced the amount of gold consumption. Okay. Um, I think the manufacturing, we're in the manufacturing muscle side of things. The thing that made Intel great frankly, mm -hmm. right? And when you get into the manufacturing muscle side, when I started in flat panel displays, the first flat panel displays were built on a piece of glass that was about this big. And that's, uh, you know, kind of 16 by 16. And we got four eight inch displays out of it. It was like, this is miraculous. This is amazing. But they'll never get bigger than that, right? There's no way you could build the machinery that could process a 42-inch display or four 42-inch displays. Well, guess what? The the displays now are built on 15, 20-foot substrates of glass. These things are as big as houses, and they're processing this stuff through. When you get that manufacturing muscle on the batteries, and yes, you've got too much lithium in the battery now. Well, you next generation, you take out half. Next generation, you take out half, and you keep working it and working it and working it. It's... It, I'm, I've seen this too many times in technology where the technology can just overwhelm the problem once you get to this tipping point, and I think we're there. And with that rant, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. This is Ali and Pacero with James Ball. The Portland Spirit is headed to the river. Hop on board today for great views of the Portland skyline and historic Milwaukee waterfront. See our local landmarks and bridges from a unique vantage point on the river. Grab a cocktail on our outer deck while enjoying some of our delicious local cuisine. Fun for the whole family with options including lunch, brunch, 
dinner, and the famous Heart of Portland cruise. Tickets can be purchased at portlandspirit.com. Welcome back to Ali and Pacero with James Ball. We're going to turn from politics and energy to COVID. That's also dun, 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 also dun. politics. Yeah, unfortunately it yeah. is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, I'll just kick things off. One of the things that I've been harping on is we have horrible data. And not only do we have horrible data, but we have no methodical process for testing to gather the right data to make decisions. And this week it came out, uh, I think it was an Oregonian article, that the Oregon Health Association has been reporting odd data. They've been recording and reporting odd data. And I've noticed a deterioration in the quality of what they've been reporting. I track it every day. I have a spreadsheet that I track. And the amount of, gosh, we don't know, or undetermined, has gone from almost never to 30% of the cases right now. And I don't know why that's decayed. But what the Oregonian article said, and it's a little hard to track, is it appears that Oregon was lagging in number of tests done per capita compared to the rest of the United States. And they dug into it, and it turned out that if you were tested multiple times, they only counted it once. So if you were a healthcare worker and you got tested 10 times, you only got counted as being tested once. And a lot of the tests are done for people that work in healthcare and work in extended care facilities because another data point that you tease out of this is it looks like half or more of the deaths come from people in um, extended care facilities. The average age is 77 years old. The number of underlying causes is two. So the data is really important, and it appears that we've just completely botched it, that the state of Oregon has completely botched reporting, and that gets into your point. Did they botch it because they don't like the data? They don't like what's coming out? They don't want to tell us? They want to keep us in the fog? Well, I would say, I forget the uh, the razor, uh, but it's... It never ascribed to malice what can be adequately explained by incompetence. <laughs> and I think that describes our Oregon systems pretty well. Um, looking at the DMV, looking at unemployment, looking at just the way the legislature works. We, all of our system, the Columbia River crossing, I, we cover Oregon. I mean, we are, our government is supremely incompetent. And I think that this is just another, more likely incompetence than uh, than malice. Jimmy? So, um, slight curve on the subject. Um, Tootie Smith, the yeah. Clackamas County, the chairman of the board of the Clackamas County Commissioners elect. Mm-hmm. Um, so, she she wins, uh, she beats the incumbent, Jim Bernard, who was a Democrat, Republican, beats an, an incumbent in a major metro county in the, in the year of the Trump. But called non- it's nonpartisan. It's a nonpartisan race. So there but wasn't an R next to her right. name. But go ahead. But she wins. And so, yeah. and then, and she wins in May. So she doesn't take office until January. And she posts last Sunday that, uh, that she is going to defy the governor's order and have 20 people for her house for Thanksgiving. And all hell breaks loose. And she probably did five. She was on Tucker Carlson, on Neil Cavuto, yeah. on Shannon Bream. She was, you know, she was on the national media all week. Um, and, and the local media. Um, and I think, 
that it was important for somebody to be a counter voice to the governor, um, especially since there's been no counter voice to the governor. And just about the time that she becomes an effective counter voice, then they want it, you know, then the, then the, the internet starts talking about recalling her. Oh. Before she's even, um, been uh, sworn in. And I haven't seen that. Yeah. And you can't recall somebody until they've been in office six months. <laughs> okay. You certainly can't recall somebody before they've been sworn in. But, um, I'm, what? No, I think so. Although I disagree with exactly what she said. I've always said that in order for a Republican, and I'll call her a Republican, right. to get traction, you have to go down to Pioneer Courthouse Square, pour right. gasoline on yourself and light yourself on fire. What, what do you, yeah. And then people will go, no. wait a minute, what is she talking about? And she did that really, really well. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I agree with the sentiment that. They have botched this so badly. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm looking at their beautiful website, and they have a really nice website. Uh, but they've botched the data so badly. They've botched the handling of this so badly that they have zero credibility that um, these these latest round of freezes that we're doing for the next two weeks have any effect at all. We talked about this last yeah. week. It's like, wait a minute. We're not going to Timbers games. We're not going to Blazer games. We're not going to the office. The kids aren't going to school. We all wear masks in stores. We all stay six feet away from each other. We're doing all of these things, right? All of these things. And the number of cases and deaths and everything is bouncing all over the place. But if we just do these these other things for two weeks, then it all gets better. Well, how and do, it's like, I don't buy it. How did we go from 250 to 400 cases a day? To what were we at? Twelve hundred now. Nobody can tell. Yeah. I, I, Jim, the data. It, it's like okay, now they've changed yeah. how their test, how they're reporting the test. Oh, got it. Right? right, and they don't track. Oh, we changed how we report the tests oh. on this day. Oh, okay. Now they've changed it, and it's yeah. like record, 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 okay. record, record. It's yeah. like you you weren't reporting so them what, before. So, well, I, I was going to just going back to Tootie Smith's comment. You know, at first I was like. If I'm going to speed on the freeway, I'm just going to speed on the freeway. I'm not going to announce to the world that I was doing 65 and yeah, a 55. But, you know? just, but that's just not like, why she said it. No, I know. Yeah. I know. And and so like I've kind of come around to – like to Talon's point, I don't exactly agree with what she said. Why? but Well, because I don't think that defying – I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe she did it the right – maybe she did the right thing. Anyway, mm-hmm. point being, um, my my stance was just go, just go have eight people at your at your – Dinner. Don't tell anybody. But, don't blast but, on Facebook. But what that does is it undermines the system. And we were just talking about systems earlier. Mm-hmm. And what she's doing is is fighting the system, which in a sense strengthens the system and strengthens democracy. Whereas what what right. I was kind of thinking about yeah. originally was was undermining the system yeah, because I mean, you just you're just ignoring the order. And as soon as a, a gross number of people start just ignoring everything that that the government says. The government falls apart and well, the, the system breaks. The original sin is that uh, when the governor shut everything down in the spring, she was supposed to, after a certain period, call the legislature. Right. And we helped uh, yeah. take part in a lawsuit uh, asking her to do that and won in a lower court and then got kicked up to the state Supreme Court, which is where where the fix was in. Right. And so she won. And uh, so, so who's the counter voice? Well, I... I- 
And when, I Alan, think why did that, you disagree with that, the way she I handled it? We'll come back after a break. Mm-hmm. This is Allie Pacero with James Ball. Welcome back to Allie and Pacero with James Ball. This is Alan Alley. Uh, we're talking about Tootie Smith's position on uh, COVID and that she invited over as many people as she could to her house. Family. I think she said as many people okay. as she could invite. And so my initial reaction was that's reckless. Mm-hmm. You, you know, why would you, why would you say that? But I, I think politically it was probably the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's the go down to the Piner Courthouse Square, pour gasoline on herself yeah. and light herself on fire. And people are like, Tootie's on fire. Why is she on fire? And that is a, that exposes Mm-hmm. All of these inconsistencies that they've got. And look, we've at pretty much every level of government, I think we've botched COVID. No state has done this right. And, you know, people talk about Cuomo. Mm-hmm. It's like New York is the worst. Yeah. There, <laughs> there is there is not one state that's worse than New York. Yet Cuomo, because he would go on and he would talk about it. He gets lauded as as this wonderful leader. So, um, I we, think we've, we've split our ourselves into two camps. It's the rhetoric and it's the sp- substance. And Cuomo had the right rhetoric, even though his substance was terrible. And going back to Trump, Trump has terrible rhetoric, but his substance is okay. And it depends on who, what side of the aisle you're on, is what you care about. Where where are we on the uh, vaccine rollout? So I think we've got vaccines that are that are showing real promise. They have to be submitted to the FDA for an emergency use authorization, something that I got too up close and personal with when I was working on uh, covid antibody tests. And it is a black hole of swill to go to the FDA. You, You what you do is you hire a consultant who's a former FDA official to help you go through the FDA process. And depending upon how much money you have, you hire the FDA official that was at the highest possible level to take you through the process. So I'm sure with these vaccines, they have enough money to hire the former FDA official at the very, very highest level. So that's positive for them. But it's very capricious and very political about getting these things approved. And so I think they'll get through the process. Mm. They probably won't get through till December 12th, right? Yeah. Till after the election is certified. But then at that point, the most fascinating thing to me is you have 100 million vaccines, let's say, uh, two vaccines per person. That's 50 million people you can vaccinate. Who are the 50 million? And I, I, I think, think the it, Oregon Health Authority published this list and uh, I found out that I was last on the list to well, <laughs> and get if, the vaccine. Well, and if I was if 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 this was China, yeah. you'd prioritize who gets vaccinated I, and you'd start vaccinating them. Mm-hmm. In the United States, somebody that isn't at the top of the priority list is going to have a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. An underrepresented minority, you know, somebody some what? and and they're going to and then the whole system grinds to a halt while we figure out this lawsuit. While so, we figure out the lawsuit, so we sit yeah. there, uh, and I don't know how you're going to get through that. So last weekend, uh, they had the Masters Golf Tournament for 2020. Yeah, and in five months, they're going to have the Masters Golf Tournament <laughs> yeah. for 2021. Right. Will there be fans at the Masters Golf Tournament in the first, in the second week of April 
in Augusta, Georgia. Yes. It'll be over by then. And I, th- I this is my tinfoil hat, but I think this is why Brown is doing the lockdown or the freeze now is so that as soon as Biden is inaugurated, yeah. n- Biden can claim victory. And, you know, yeah. it was it was the Democrats who stood up to Trump and pushed this thing through, even in Maybe spite of it. in spite of Tootie Smith and her recklessness. Uh, it's the Democrats who saved everybody and cured COVID. OK, so but from a non-political answer, uh, nonpartisan answer, what when do you think Alan will? It should will, be. Right. And and once it rolls out and if you look, half the people are dying in uh, care facilities. Half. Yeah. You take care of those people. All of a sudden, the problem drops to below the radar. But that's before a vaccination. That's just that's just talking about. Right. But but if you but if you vaccinate the people in the care facilities, if you vaccinate the caregivers and you isolate it to that, it's like you've cut 50 percent off right off the top. Yeah. Right now we're dealing with the rest of us, and and then you take the people that have immunocompromises and they're not in care facilities, and you just go right down the list. It's like you you you, t- you manage this problem very quickly if if somebody that had uh, business experience mm. and was thoughtful about this and brought people together and and built a consensus around who should get it. Yes, it's it's very straightforward to do. Are this. you going to take the vaccine? Sure. Are you taking it? Yeah, probably. When do you expect to take it? I don't know. I no, when they just, could give it to but me. But I mean just in your in your brain. It's like what what does your brain think? I whenever I, I'm No, look, I know. But I will when defer, do you think the government Let me will, put it this way too. Uh, I will defer to taking the, it to the people who need it. To the people sure. that need it. Right. Cuz I don't I don't believe I really need it. But if you it, don't really need I, it. And and that's the thing like if I and I'm assuming this is being rolled out for free, but if they're going to charge me 400 bucks to get this vaccine, I'm low risk enough that I, I don't need to right. pay 400 bucks for it. Right. So you don't have a, I mean, just a guess, like when you and I will be getting the vaccine shot. July. July. Okay. I, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It's a they, manufacturing they, problem at that point. Manufacturing and, right. and dispersing. Uh, well, and, and oh, by the way, it probably won't work as well as they thought. First time out, mm-hmm. right? No. There's going to be some side effects. There's going to be some things that that cause people to go slam on the brakes. The, these these vaccine results are astoundingly good. Ninety five percent is astoundingly yeah. good, and it's like wait, 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 wait. So you did it on a super short process. Got it out really, really, really fast, faster than ever, ever, ever been done before. You're going to get it through the FDA and you're going to get it out and it's 95% effective. Wait, wait, wait. Either that was a miracle or the entire system for every other thing that we're doing is completely effed up. And I think the answer is the latter. Uh, Well, I I think that you have like they threw so much time and money at this thing. To try and get it out quickly, M- money and money and manpower. I, be- I think everybody who just stopped did? what they're doing. Uh, Pfizer and and who created the Moderna environment and, for that to happen? Ah, uh, the U.S. economy. But Under I think I think for for President other vaccines, 
Donald J. Trump. Oh my gosh! For other vaccines, <laughs> you gotta you don't give have him credit. Urgency. They give Cuomo credit. No, I, I, they I give do. Give Cuomo credit for doing a crappy job, and he, it, it, you gotta give Trump some credit. I do, but for other vaccines, there's not that urgency, and there's not the manpower, and there's not the money behind it. So that I think that's why they take longer. They take I, decades instead of six months. He'll never get credit for this. Well, I just know. Okay, he deserves credit, but <gasps> I, I would say. What did you say? He deserves credit for it. Well, I gave him credit for a lot of things on the show. You did. Um, but I would say that um, I think the country really needs the vaccine. I mean, yeah. we're, yeah. we're headed for a national crack up. Yeah. You know, and, and the and the hardest thing, and one of the reasons I think that Tootie was good to do what she did was that I, I know we know restaurant owners and, and, oh. and, and to be in their position. Where they were just like, I mean, they had to they had to work three times as hard, yeah, for uh, you know just for half the money, for, yeah, to get if to, money at all to get to the point where they just could, you know, they're they're not making money right now. No. They're they're keeping their doors open, mm-hmm. and they're and they're probably losing money to keep their doors open for the day that they can, you know, business returns to normal, and then to have the second shutdown. I mean, oh. to be in restaurants last week or, or the week before and to talk to the managers. I mean, it, it's really just it's, so. It's my son-in-law, who you know owns a bar in North Portland, um, they're doing okay. They figured this thing out. Uh, they decided to buy another restaurant. They closed on Monday and shut down on when they they closed the on a new restaurant. Yeah. They own it, and they had to shut down on on Wednesday. Yeah. And these are young, thirty-year-old yeah. guys, ready, ready, entrepreneurs, ready to build an empire, mortgaging their homes. Yeah. Right? They want a restaurant chain. They yeah. want to do this chain. Yeah. They want to be the next great Portland restaurant tours. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And they're shut down. Yeah. And they're trying to do takeout. You know, they right. ran down to Winco and bought all the possible takeout containers that you could buy. Yeah. Their takeout containers are the limiting factor. Hmm, wow. You can't just put food in people's hands and have them take it home. You have to have a <laughs> container. And guess what? No containers. Yeah. Sing- single-use plastics. Yeah. Um, right. sa- saving the day. Well, they try to go pl- uh, paper, but. But, yeah. I mean, uh, the story in the paper today about the old spaghetti factory with five oh five uh, stores yeah. and uh, their revenue. They did everything they could. 400 employees, five stores, and they did everything they could, including getting money from the government, and they ended up with revenue that was half and 100 less employees, and now the shutdown. Right. Well, guys, that wraps it up for this week. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy yourselves. What what enjoyment we can have. God. It's uh, – we, We'll just have to bring the Thanksgiving – next Sunday, we'll just bring it in here. Oh, we could we, do that. That's right. We'll just have we'll, our We'll have a little Thanksgiving here. There you exactly. go. This is Ali and Pacero with James Ball. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. This has been Ali and Pacero with your hosts, Alan Ali and Jim Pacero. The podcast is produced by James Ball. Be sure to follow us on Facebook. And if you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to alan at alanalley.com.